everybody to the Church Facilities Expo podcast, better known as CFX. My name is Rayanne Slabaugh, and I'm the editor of Church Executive Magazine. This podcast is part of a series of conversations with industry leaders focusing on inspiration, connection, education, and growth for houses of worship, building towards the first annual Church Facilities Conference and Expo in Dallas this September 29th to October 1st. Today, we will be focusing on church financials and how to properly plan for your ministry. Our guest today is Andy Satkoviak. Andy leads sales and development at Give, a generosity platform that provides donation management and donor analytics to hundreds of churches and nonprofits across the nation. From his experience as a psychologist and as a business executive, Andy has been guiding churches in the use of the platform, as well as crafting a stewardship strategy to make an impact for the kingdom. Welcome, Andy. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Andy, can you talk about the coronavirus's impact on giving with your customers and churches? Yeah, we we have had the pleasure of adding more churches in the past month than in any other month uh, since we've been around. We've been around for about five years now as gift. Um, so the impact has really been on everybody. Um, the coronavirus has caused so many churches to reevaluate how they approach giving. Hardly any church relies solely on online giving. So uh, they've all had to consider what not having physical services would do to that, right? And whether it's 10%, 20%, 50% was collected uh, in a plate. Um, these churches who are probably most impacted right now are the ones who have never had any online giving, which tend to be smaller churches in regards to denomination. Uh, they tend to be uh, a little bit more traditional. Uh, I was surprised, though, uh, how it seemed like daily I was talking to churches in this situation, um, who kept saying, well, it's been something we've been meaning to do. Uh, I just guess now's the time we get started. To which, obviously, we would say yes. I mean, now you, you have to move uh, getting online if you haven't yet. Um, so that was probably the biggest impact was those churches really just sort of changing their paradigm from uh, everything we live off of is you know in the plate to now they have to understand what online giving is, what processing fees are, and the deposits and, and how to organize their funds. It's, it's, it's really new for the accounting team at those churches. Um, and yes, and, and how is giving doing at the churches who already have online giving and just for everybody? It, it's been mixed. There's been churches where it's up and there's been churches where it's down. Uh, a lot of people are indicating that uh, the giving that is up uh, might be due to uh, people wanting to just really lean into this problem and really just sort of support their churches. But if, this pandemic lasts longer, if the economic sort of restrictions last longer, that might not uh, be the same story in the next two or three months. So there really does seem to be uh, risk factors for both large and small churches right now. The small church might only be supporting a few salaries. Uh, and they may have a large percentage of them affected by some income interruption. Uh, the large church may have issues with leverage, dozens of salaries, uh, a lot of just overhead costs that are not going to be removed by, by this pandemic. So Really, everyone's feeling it. Great. Uh, so what are some recommendations you've been making to these churches throughout the crisis? Yeah, so I mean, I'm fortunate that we get to talk to pastors every day. 
know, we've been able to talk to uh, whether it's someone at a mega church or whether it's several pastors at, at several different size churches. Um, one of my more consistent recommendations uh, has been to many of the church leaders and not forgetting to have a generosity moment, uh, even in these fully online services. You know, even with much of the online giving being scheduled automatically, I would say average might be around half of online giving is scheduled automatically. Um, there's still an opportunity that when we meet you know, virtually to give thanks, you know, to discuss that the good that the local church is doing. Now, there's an energy right now that people want to help, and, and many churches are experiencing broader reach than they have uh, in previous uh, months and weeks and now that they moved online. So uh, we need to provide this easy sort of first step, introduce people to how do you give to this church, sort of prescribe you know, the why and the how in, in giving. You know, we want to also talk about the, the bright spots that are happening through the church. We want to connect people to how is their giving making an impact through the church. And discuss how people's generosity to, can help that impact keep going and share it, share it, share it. Uh, the Friendship Baptist Church down in uh, Cartersville, Georgia, uh, one of our sort of newer newer partners, they had this awesome video uh, surrounding a hospital and singing and praising you know, with the doctors and nurses and, and the staff that, that were on the on the roof. My wife shared it with me. Uh, I didn't even know about this, but this was one of our church partners. Um, it was because of it was one of the parishioners at this church, you know, was overjoyed at what the church was doing and they wanted to share it. I mean, this is the church doing what the church does best, and that's ministering. But these stories, they're very, very impactful. Like this went viral, not because of any sort of publicity stunt by the church, but just because, I mean, this is speaking to the true nature of what the church should be doing, and it's, and it's ministering to people. And these, these stories, uh, people want to attach themselves to these stories. They want to provide that church and many other churches the benefit of being able to do things like this. Um, so do not, do not uh, miss the opportunity uh, to, to have a generosity moment in your church. Uh, and don't skip it when it goes to the recorded service. I, I know some churches that are actually they'll have it maybe in their live stream, but then they're not going to be putting it onto the recorded service later in the week. Then everyone that's tuning in, you know, whether it's in the hundreds or the thousands, are not going to be able to see that. So they're not going to be able to connect with the generosity that the church is doing uh, and really see uh, how they can be a part of it. So don't skip those opportunities and make sure that you are keep uh, sharing that narrative of how the church is making an impact in the community. How should houses of worship financially plan for emergencies such as this in the future? (sighs) Well, I mean, it's certainly hard for churches or anyone to really plan for an emergency of this magnitude. Many churches have tried to being good stewards of the resources, you know, create additional revenue streams for their buildings or cafes. That's an amazing strategy until buildings are closed and gatherings are prohibited. There's really no time like a crisis to evaluate what it is that we really need. Uh, for some, that might be a better budget, maybe optimize what systems you need or which ones actually add value. While this emergency comes with a stimulus package that may or may not be a benefit for individual churches, it certainly seems unwise to plan on it for future events. Now, there's not always going to be a bailout or a stimulus package, but if when there are, uh, it might be wise to take advantage of those strategies. Um, what can always be done, though, in good times and bad, can be continuous improvement. Now, make it a practice to reevaluate your revenues and your expenses. Over time, things change. You know, there are better opportunities out there. We may we encounter several churches who pay thousands in extra fees in donation management. When they could be saving those thousands and those extra fees and actually grow their donations by switching to a service. 
Right? We, we see that all the time uh, with increases in donations and saving in fees when people uh, switch over to give. We love helping churches on both the sort of the top and, and the bottom lines. Now, what other ways can you maximize long-term value? Could you allow some of your staff to subsidize their pay with outside opportunities? Well, that maybe provide better outcomes for them, for their family, and maybe a little bit more autonomy. Maybe you can, you know, do that for uh, really take advantage of this sort of gig economy that's out there and, and really allow uh, your staff the flexibility of seeking opportunities outside uh, while still giving them uh, the ability to add value to, to your church. So you can only plan for so much. I mean, you need to look at what are your best options out there and continue to sort of reevaluate that every once in a while. What are some tools that churches can use to improve giving and their church's financial position during this unprecedented time when, of course, members' members' discretionary funds might be more limited than they usually are? Yeah, I mean, this one is unique, obviously. Um, and so churches right now may be looking into support provided by the payroll protection plan. Um, those funds are limited, and, and our colleagues over at Cass Commercial Bank have been processing applications day and night. Uh, to make churches uh, able to apply for those funds if they really need it. Um, so it's worth looking into all the resources you may have, you know, with, with government subsidies or, or things within the CARES Act right now. Um, from an HR perspective, I know several organizations who have had to terminate their part-time staff or looked into furloughs and, and hope that maybe that actually works to the benefit of, of, of those staff members that maybe they can receive a little bit more uh, uh, support in these times. Those are really obviously hard decisions um, to be able to have to really sever the ties that you might have with some of your staff. Um, but still, the core uh, that needs to be what has always funded the church, it's the support of those who believe in the mission and want to partner with the church to make a difference. Now, churches have never really subsisted on donations from 100% of their members. Far from it. I mean, you see that there has always been room for improvement. The consolidation of giving has poises bigger risk maybe now than ever before. You know, if your uh, 500-person church lives mostly off of the income of 20 families or the giving of 20 families and two of them have a job loss, uh, that's a huge loss to the balance sheet. Uh, or is it perhaps the best opportunity uh, that the church has had to engage more people? Now, what a time like a crisis to motivate more people to experience generosity. This includes donations, obviously, but it goes far, far beyond this. Um, there's not really been a time that I can remember uh, where we have all had such an opportunity to sort of you know, love our neighbor. And whether it's uh, seeing people making masks or, or donating food or checking on shut-ins or simply ministering to the people who are hurting. Uh, the church can preach generosity, but, but now is the time to really model it uh, and to engage all of its, mem all of its members in it. So... Now, many people are throwing money at, at helping in this time, but why not give through the church? Uh, and, and that all goes back to, uh, you know, there really is this energy for people to want to help right now. But the church needs to really sort of take control uh, of being that, that light uh, in this darkness right now. So to do that, yes, you obviously have to be able to facilitate generosity in a number of ways. You've got to get online if you have not already. You also need to connect the givers to the impact that the giving is making. So if your donation management tool can facilitate varied responses based on the, uh, the when and the how people give, and you can make it personal, then do it. Uh, do you have five minutes that you can squeeze a story of generosity into the host moment of your service? Absolutely do it. 
The small percentage of givers who support most churches traditionally have done so out of their own generosity and maybe spiritual discipline. Newer givers are going to need a little bit more of this shorter feedback loop in order to grow into their generosity. So just like Phil Cook said on your previous podcast, this is when everyone can help tell the story. And this is when everyone should be helping to tell the story and helping to convey to the people watching on the live stream or throughout the week about all the good that the church is doing you know, and how that's influenced by the resources that the church receives. So you know, we've seen churches who rapidly grow their giving do so because they provide the tools to the church uh, and help connect the people with the impact that their gift is making. We also like to coach churches into using a unique tool. I mean, we have a unique tool we call Roundup Giving, you know, where the spare change from everyday purchases accumulates and is donated to the church. And we always coach churches on giving all of this money away and do something direct in the community, uh, share that story. This has helped take those people who rarely give, get them an easy sort of entryway into giving, and then help them sort of take those next steps as they experience the blessing of being more generous. With so many churches quickly embracing digital giving, some of them for the first time, as you said, how can they protect givers' information when hacks are so prevalent in our society? Yeah, I mean, this is this is a big concern of a lot of churches, whether they're used to online giving or not used to online giving. There's always going to be members of those congregations that have hesitation, uh, you know, with these digital giving options, and that's and that's okay because there really are a lot of risk factors out there. So, I mean, we want people to be cautious. Um, there are so many digital giving giving options out there. Uh, that most of the church staff hasn't heard of five of them and no one else in the church has really heard of any of them. I mean, people look at us and they say, you know, is it give? Is it, I mean, G-Y-V-E, is it jive? Like what's going on with, who are you guys? And we love being able to share, you know, who we are, what we've been doing, you know, starting at our home church and, and really supporting churches across the country now. But not everyone is going to be able to connect with us to really uh, you know, hear our story. So it's up to the church to vet out these vendors, to vet out all these partners uh, and really sort of go through the steps. And then the church then uh, direct those next steps and, and share how uh, people are to connect with that giving platform or connect with that church. Now, whether it's giving them the direct link to the giving page that they are going to be accessing online, or is it uh, giving them a, a secret code to text uh, so they can get download instructions or giving instructions that way. I mean, you should be looking at your church to direct they want you to give because they uh, ideally have gone through the steps of vetting up these partners. And uh, as the church leaders, they should all be asking things uh, like P- about PCI compliance. And PCI is the short name for the Payment Card Industry Data Security Standard. It's uh, this whole series of regulations that anyone who processes money uh, should be going through. Uh, there are four levels. And when we say we're PCI level one compliant, I mean, that's the highest. It's the best. It's the one that has the most strictest security standards, and we have to pay a lot of money and do a lot of tests every year to make sure that our systems are strong. So if you're asking you know, your, your donation management platform and they're not proud of saying that they're level one compliant or if they don't really know if they're about PCI compliance, I would say stay far, far away from them because they're probably a company that may have cut corners just to process your money. I mean, to those who take it seriously, uh, there's which of in this industry, there are many who take this really seriously. Uh, we want to make sure that the data, the security, 
uh, of our members of the card information is uh, as secure as, as it can be. Thank you, Andy. You can learn more about Give at www.gyve.com. Remember, you can listen to additional podcasts, read our newsletters, and learn more about CFX at www.churchfacilitiesexpo.com. You can read more about Church Executive at www.churchexecutive.com. Thank you for joining us. We hope to see you at CFX 2020 in Dallas this September 29th to October 1st.